Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Do you have any cheese at all? No. A senseless waste of human life. Hello, cheeseheads, and welcome to the Cheese and Podcast. This is Brendan, your host for the show. Joining me to look back on tonight's disappointing 1 0 defeat away to Royal Antwerp and to look ahead to Sunday's game against Brighton, we have the caller. Caller, mate, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, I've got some beer on the go, a bit of Moretti, um, drowning my sorrows after that sorry performance. Um, but what better opportunity to moan about it than talk to you Brendan. That's what I'm here for mate, catharsis all the way. Uh, Also joining us, he woke up incredibly early for this game, all the way from just outside Sydney, Ospurs legend Paul Fellows. Paul mate, thanks for waking up early to to get the game, are you regretting it now? Um, uh, I regret having woke my children up and dragged them out to watch that shower of shit, Um, but you know, I'm hoping that through the process of this pod, that I'm it will be cathartic and I'll feel much better and I'll be able to get on with the rest of my day because unlike the rest of you, I can't be enjoying a beer now. What time is it there now? Uh, it's just after 8am. Uh, uh, beer o'clock, mate. Uh, joining us to cheer us all up, we have uh, making her cheese room debut. Uh, delighted to welcome Emma Nottage from the Northwest Spurs Supporters Club. Emma, welcome to the cheese room. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for having me on. We're delighted and uh, we're looking forward to learning more about the Northwest Spurs Supporters Club later on in the show. So uh, do stick around for that, Cheeseheads. And um, how, how are you feeling, though, after that game? Are you feeling OK? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm, I'm not one for dwelling. I've, I've moved on. There's no, no time with the amount of games we've got to sort of stop process. Well, that's why you're here to cheer us up. The, oh. the, the others seem a bit all down in the dumps. But um, let's start with a quote from Jose uh, that really does sum up the evening. When asked why he made four changes at half time, his response was, if I could, I would have made 11 changes. So no punches pulled from Jose there. But on those 11 players, caller, looking at the team, any surprises in there? It looked like a solid enough lineup. Uh, what were your thoughts when you saw the team sheet come out? Um I was surprised to see Hugo in goal, to be honest, because I thought this was Joe, the Joe Hart Cup. Um, so I was a little bit surprised about that. 
I was unsurprised to see um, a, midf- a midfield containing Harry Winks. A Whitfield? That's that's a midfield with Harry Winks in. It's a Whitfield. Yeah. And, um, or a Winksfield, I don't know. But, however, what I would say is, obviously, I never liked that and was proved very right during the game. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just going to jump straight in here because you're talking nonsense. I think that Harry Winks must have slept with your mother or something like that because you have a really, really <laughs> big agenda against him. I, I actually went looking for stats, and I never look for stats because stats annoy the shit out of me. But well, Harry Winks made more passes than anyone Sideways. else in the team. The reason, No, no, they were forwards. They were forward passes. He had more shots I than totally anyone on the agree team. With you. He was the only player that actually did anything. And you, my friend, are conversing from your rectum. No, that's nonsense. <laughs> he was terrible. He was awful. And he nearly gave a second goal away with a with a sloppy back pass. He, no, no, no. Was, that Sanchez was in no, entirely no. the wrong place. Sanchez spent the entire game in the wrong place. If anyone had a poor game, it's Davison well, Sanchez. Sanchez hasn't been any good all season, but Winks passed. You can't deny Winks passed the ball to one of their forwards in a goal scoring opportunity. Completely short sold. Uh, the defender. Winks was terrible the whole game. His passing was side to side and backwards, as it normally is. The passing stats always look good. I'm amazed you've even bothered to dig those out, if I'm being perfectly honest, because you know what they're going to tell you. His pass completion rate is up there with Iniesta, and that is literally where the comparison ends, because the guy is so negative and safe, it is untrue. Except tonight, Paul, he wasn't safe. He was the opposite of safe. So... You're criticising him for being safe, and when he's not safe, you're still criticising. So what is it? I mean, there's people who have better football brains than you, or HG, that think that Harry Winks is a decent enough footballer to, to play in that game. So what, what is it that you have against him? Because you really seem to have a bee in your bonnet about him. He's not good enough. It's as simple as that. He is not good enough for Tottenham Hotspur. To, fin- to challenge for a title. If we're happy to finish top six, he's an all right squad player. But he should be one of the priorities to upgrade. Um, one, one of the things that, that you've always criticised HG about, and I know you criticise him about a lot, but one of the things <laughs> you've always criticised him about is his agenda against Lamella, because he never gives Lamella any credit at all. And yet here are you doing exactly the same thing with Harry Winks. I mean, surely you need to be the bigger man and say that mm-hmm. the only person that actually did anything in that game worth noting was Winks. No one else did anything. Well, I mean, if that statement wasn't complete nonsense, then I would absolutely acknowledge it, but but I'm afraid it is. Um, look, I don't have an agenda against any Tottenham player. I want Tottenham to be successful, and I want all the players to be as successful as possible. But I'm telling you now, he's not, he's not good enough. Yeah. He, was, he was no good in this game. I even asked a question in our little chat group um, during or just after the match, which I noticed you didn't comment in, um, asking, when did he last have a good game? When was he picked out? When did he last win man of the match? When was he last picked out as one of our one of our better players in a match? I can't remember it, and that tells you it's got to be a long, long time ago. I think the uh, the host with the most here tonight said, "Oh, about three years ago." Is that really good enough? Right, um, Is that what we want? I'm, claim- I'm reclaiming order here. We have a new person to the pod, Emma. Let's get you involved now on the oh, goal man. itself. Let's go back to the goal. I blame Davies. I think that he he had time to clear his lines. It looked like he tackled himself. Um, some people blamed Winks for putting him in that position. I, I don't not me, just for the record. No, I know, not you, not you. But Emma, I mean, who do you think was at fault for that goal? And do you think that that's, that set the tone for the rest of the game? Do you know what? Always conceding first just sets us on a downward trend. We don't seem to pick ourselves up. 
straight away. I think the team selection, I wouldn't have gone with Sanchez and Aria because they just scare the hell out of me when they're on the pitch <laughs> together. Uh, it's like squeaky bum time in our household. It's like, oh my God, them two are on. I just have no confidence in them. I think Toby should have been on the pitch. But Winksy with his faults, I've got to agree with the caller, sideways and back. It does my head in all my days. And Ben Davis, he can get himself in some cracking positions and, you know, pull off some cracking defensive saves and stuff like that. But he's prone to schoolboy errors as well. So I think they've both got to take a bit of blame for it. Paul, your thoughts on Delhi's performance? He was hauled by Mourinho at half time, one of the four players that he did pull off. Um, he gets pelters for not playing him. But when he puts in a performance like that, can you really blame Jose? I mean, what, what did you make of Delhi's first half performance? Well, I think that you've got to um, look at it in a slightly more holistic way. Delhi's a player that thrives on um, the little flicks and the clever plays um, and, and the running in behind. And a lot of that comes from having confidence. When Delhi was playing at his absolute best, it was when he was able to do things like the, the goal against Palace. You know, the really sort of smart stuff that, that you're not seeing anymore. And all that comes from confidence. When you don't have confidence as a player, you don't want to try that sort of stuff. Because you start going, well, you know, if I try and it doesn't come off, then I'm going to get hauled at half time. So I think that, that Delhi's main issue is that he's not getting game time. He's not building his confidence. And, and without that, he's never going to get back to the kind of player that we all saw. So, you know, you can give him pelters for this performance. But I think that there's you know a whole heap of other people that should also get pelters for the performance. Mm. And I think that also, you know, you need to look at the, at the manager and go, why the hell were you playing like that? I mean, you know, I told you, I, I got my, my young boys up to, to watch the game mm. and they were sat there watching the game with me and they looked at me with their big brown eyes and said, Daddy, why aren't they playing into the channels? And I don't know why he was speaking like that because he's nearly 20. <laughs> but the, the problem was that we were trying to go through the middle the whole time. We were trying to do these clever little flicks that weren't quite coming off. And there was these acres of space outside their back three. And, you know, why the hell weren't we using it? And the only reason I can come up with is because they've been told to go down the middle and try the clever flicks because they're going to do what Mourinho's told them. Mm. Well, Caller, do you think it was an issue with the system or that the players weren't responding to, to Mourinho's request? I mean, Aurier was pretty quiet the whole game. Reggie got forward a bit at first half, certainly. But do you, do you think that was an issue? Do you think we, we didn't have enough width? Aurier got the ball in, actually, if you watch it back. Aurier got the ball in several good wide positions and just put terrible crosses in the box or or sent it low and it got cleared straight away. Look, in a game like that, and Jose has come out and said it this evening, you want to blame someone, blame the manager, absolutely. Do I think he went, oh, guys, just go straight through the middle all the time and play really flat with low tempo. Uh, don't put the tackle in and don't press. Um, oh, and by the way, keep keep fucking up when it comes to the uh, the crucial moment. Do I think he sent about with those instructions? No. Do I think the players have massive accountability in a performance like this? Yes. Is this result the best thing that could have had to them at this stage of the season? Absolutely. Sticking with you, Carlo, they made uh, Jose made four changes at half time and four attacking changes and and brought Kane on uh, sort of early in the second half as well. But we didn't manage a single shot on target in that second half. I mean, was it just down to our, our being poor in the final third, or were Antwerp just just incredibly organised and didn't give us a, an inch? You've got to give credit to Antwerp. So from from it's easier to be one 0 up and set than it is having a, a a mixed up side first half from from your regular eleven, um, <clears throat> which has been fairly settled this season. Um, 
to completely changing it around at half time, you, you've got a really unsettled side there and a system that, by the looks of it, didn't work on the night either. So, but I think you've got to give a lot of credit to Antwerp. They they got the goal, uh, which was incredibly fortuitous. Going back, by the way, it was one hundred percent Davies' fault. <laughs> um, there's no way. There's literally no way around that. Um, and they they sat in. They wanted it more, yeah. and unfortunately, the bit that where I empathise with Jose a little bit. I don't think he he doesn't want it, and I don't think he hasn't told his players go out there and get up for it. I think the issue is with us. We thought the game was won before we got off the team bus. Yeah, I agree. And with I think that. there's a really laxadaisical approach when it comes to some of these what we would call lesser teams. We see it in the Premier League all the time. We always struggle to break teams down, and part of it comes from starting really, really slow and lethargically, like the game's won before we've kicked a ball. And I think as much as people want to have a go at Joe saying, and I know if HG was here because we were talking about it previously, he would absolutely say. Davis lost us the game, but it's Jose's fault because do I think that Jose's a bad motivator? No, I don't. Do I think that fundamentally there's something wrong with our mentality and that's what he needs to change? Yeah, I do. It's still not right. I, I think that if you look at the, the two sides, Antwerp looked like a team that knew exactly what mm. they were doing, exactly what each other was doing, and they were they were really together. We looked like a bunch of blokes that had met in the bricklayers on a Sunday afternoon and somebody said, anyone fancy a kick around? Well, one thing that I was impressed of from Antwerp, Emma, was their aggression. Um, They didn't give us any time on the ball. They were snapping and snarling at us. And we didn't match that aggression. I think that I know that Caller and Paul have just touched on it, but do you, do you think that's something Jose will want to improve to, for us to be more more aggressive in our play? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's like you said in the documentary that um, you know he wanted us to be intelligent, not the nice guys. Hmm. We, I don't think they've still grasped that you know for ninety minutes you've got to go in. That mentality isn't installed in them yet. I think that's going to take a while because they don't have the confidence because. This team has never won anything. I still think, you know, they're suffering from the the final. I think that not winning it has had a detrimental effect on some of these players and they just need to sort of say, you know what, we didn't win it, but we're going to do it this season. And I think Jose will, once he gets everybody on board, because I think he's only got about 80% of the team who are actually thinking, do you know what, yeah, we can do this. Mm. The rest of them are sort of going, oh, well, I'd, I don't really think we will. And they're not putting a shift in every game. For me, just putting the shirt on, you should be putting a shift in, no matter what. I just think that they need to install it in the brains that we can win something. It's been a long time, and us as fans, we're desperate for it. and We don't want to be the, the team that nearly was all the time. And I think if Joseph can get them in the right frame of mind, I think we will do something. Mm. Yeah, I think it's not the end of the world either. It's it's a, it's a one defeat. I think we'll probably likely top the group. Paul, how do you think this, this will affect us in terms of our qualification? Do you, do you think it puts it at risk? Or do you think getting this out the way now, we should still easily qualify from the group? Well, I mean, I think that, and I don't like to do this, but I might agree with Paula <laughs> that it was a good thing that we got to, we got to kick up the arse because, you know, we've probably needed it. There, there is some um, uh, some lethargy in the team. There is some believing that we're, you know, better than we are maybe and we go out there and, you know, we just think this game's won, we don't have to do anything. You know, now having lost a game, we have to make sure that every time we go out in the Europa League that we put in a shift, that we put in a performance and that we get the results on the board so that, you know, come December we're not 
hoping for other people to get results so we can actually get through the group because if we don't get through this group that is an absolute mm. disaster yeah i think the thing that just to cut it on that i think the thing is the worst case scenario is <clears throat> we need to beat antwerp at home he just plays the um, the strongest 11 we would beat them it's mix it's the whole mix in the side up today which has cost them but the thing that's frustrating is it's the perfect opportunity for some of them to to thrive and shine and and they haven't done that at all, have they? They've done, you know, the absolute opposite. And you mentioned it earlier, you know, any question about Delhi coming back into this team in a hurry is is going to be a mute point because I think he's he's had a couple of opportunities to show what he can do and he's just not doing it. It's partly down to the system, by the way. <laughs> but it, it is, but it's also down to his personal confidence because he is an absolute confidence player. You know, you, you look at when he, he really took off. He came from Milton Keynes, he got given a yeah. chance. It went yeah. really well, and all of a sudden his confidence is sky high, and every little mm. flick he tries to do comes off. There was, there was so many opportunities tonight for him to do the little tricks and flicks, and he either didn't do it or he didn't get it right because his confidence is through the floor. Well, I agree with you, but it, you know, it, as you could say, that's he's got to find a way to pick himself up to shine. So he's almost got to try and get that belief back himself because I don't necessarily believe Josie's going to put it on a plate for him and, and try and motivate him, much as though you could say he wants to. Josie likes people yeah. to prove him wrong. He's going to make him work for it, definitely. I think we, we saw with, with Tongi and Dombele that um, I think Josie sort of showed him a bit of tough love. I don't think that he sort of was the Harry Redknapp arm around the shoulder. I think Tongi responded to that. So fingers crossed that Delhi will as well so oh, we missed him tonight by the way because I thought that that edge that spark that creative streak that can break teams that sit deep down just mm. wasn't there in the midfield today and it wasn't there for a lot of the time last season you think about the difference at the beginning part of this season he's played every single league game and I think you, you do notice a difference when he's not there but isn't that what Lo Celso was there to do should have and, been and Lo Celso was incredibly poor tonight I mean you know he you've, was, you've yeah. flagged off Winks but Lo Celso was you know, three three stages below Winks easily. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he's three stages below. Um, at least he attempted a couple of forward passes. Lacelso um, wasn't didn't have a good game at all. You you could level the same criticism about Winks. That my issue with Winks is he does it every time. I don't like that partnership. I prefer um, Sissoko. I love Sissoko. Sissoko and who? And Hoybia? Yeah, I think it's the absolute dogs when they're they're playing together. Um, I was championing um, Sissoko way before everybody jumped on the bandwagon when everybody was saying he was shit and, oh, why did we pay £30 million for him? I, I kept saying to my husband, mm. I kept saying, there's something there, he'll come good, and he has. And for me, I always look for his name first on the team sheet, and I've been doing that for about 12 months now. I just think he's got something. He might not always get it right, but when he does... Apart from getting it in Rose Ed, but yeah, I love Sasalka. Yeah, it was it was surprising to see him rested today. So that does look like that midfield pairing will return when we move on to Brighton. Yeah. A few stats before we move on to the Brighton preview. This was Jose Mourinho's first defeat in the Europa League uh, in the Europa League game since November 2016, ending a 12-match unbeaten run for the Portuguese manager. And against Spurs, have never won away to Belgian opposition. Played six, drawn two, lost four losing on each of our past three visits. It's not a, a happy visiting place for us, although I'm sure it's a beautiful country. Moving on to the Brighton game coming up on Sunday. It's a chance for us to bite back. They are 16th at the moment, five points from the opening six games. Uh, they've drawn their last two games against West Brom and Palace. They've lost to Everton, United and Chelsea, with their only victory, a 3-0 away win at Newcastle. Uh, Graham Potter lines them up 3-4-2-1. 
with Trossard and Lalana supporting Malpai. Emma, uh, they've not had a great start, Brighton, but they're not to be underestimated. Uh, who are you most wary of in that Brighton team? I'm being honest now, <laughs> the whole team. Because, right, there's a method in my madness, right? It's because it doesn't matter who we play, right? They could be 20th. As soon as they're playing us, every bloody team steps it up a gear. No word of why. I've noticed this and it's it's getting sort of beyond a joke now. They will play an absolutely blinding game against us and then a week later they'll be shit. It's every team, more or less. The, the lower teams, they always seem to come out and fight for the life and they always seem to want it more because it's going back to that old chestnut of saying, oh, well, it's only Brighton. We'll win that. And that's even before they've got mm. off, off the team coat. I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if him and we struggle to break them down. I, I'm just really weary about this. I'm... I, so I tend to disagree with that. I, I think mm. that Potter likes his teams to play football. So unlike what we saw at the weekend with Burnley, where, where they were just there to spoil and hopefully get a chance, Graham Potter will set up his team to try and go at us. And that will mean that there's space. So if you looked at the, the Burnley game, you know, the, the two banks of four that they had, we're pretty much just crowding all of our attackers out, you know, and Potter won't do that. Potter will set his team up with space so that they can play through us. And I think that that plays into our hands more than playing against, you know, your Burnleys that, that are going to sit and, and, you know, say, well, come and break us down. Joe says planning to be Voldemort for the <laughs> what day. What does that mean? <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. I agree, actually. Oh, God, I hate agreeing with you, Paul. Um, space is oh, something I've loads of. Space, space is something we'll have absolutely loads of against uh, Brighton. It won't be um, a boring um, slugfest of, you know, will we just get scrape the goal? It it will be a very open game. And the one thing I would say about Brighton, mm. watch their Man United performance. They played United off the park. Absolutely. So they can do it. Um, I'll pay up front. He's a very accomplished striker. Got to be, got to be very aware of him. <clears throat> it should be a good open game. We should win. But and I think we will win because I'm actually very confident about this one. I think the players are going to be trying to bounce back after this defeat, and I think in addition to that, we haven't won a home game yet. And I think if we win, we're potentially going to go well higher in the league. Let's not let's not go too high, but we won't be too far off the top if we win. And then who yeah. have we got in the next? Is yeah. it West Brom we've got after this game? So, you know, the the chance is there to lay down a marker. Um, and, you know, I, th- I expect us to do it this weekend. Well, Paul, um, looking at Potter's system that you mentioned, um, they do he does play wing-backs. And one player that's caught the eye this season is Tarek Lamptey. He's certainly against United. He was fantastic. Do you think that that's... I mean, obviously, we need to be wary of him. But with Regulon as well on, on his side, do you think that that's going to be the area? Do you think the game will be won and lost on the flanks, I, I think that it's, it's still going to be the um, the midfield is going to be where we, where we win the game if we win the game. I think that you know you're right in the the fact that you know Lamptey and I forget the other fullback's name will push up high um, because that's the way that the pot likes to play and that leaves space in behind. But then it comes down to our midfield finding that space, which is you know something that we absolutely didn't do tonight. We didn't find that that space. So if we can hit that space and we can get. Uh, players like Son or Bergwijn or Bale into that space, then absolutely we can do them damage. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that the, the space that's vacated by the wing-backs rather than the wing-backs is going to be the key. Caller, we, we, everyone looks back to the 3-0 defeat against Brighton with the injury to Hugo as the sort of the defining moment of the end of the Poch era. Um, but that, that result apart, we've actually 
played pretty well against them. We've got these decent results against them. Do you think that will continue? I've already told you. I think we're going to beat oh, them. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did a watch along on that game. Um, I, I was I was on Optus Sports, um, with, who is the broadcaster over here in Australia, and I sat there with my son watching that game. And it was one of the most painful things. Oh, it was horrible. Don't take your son um... to any more football games or watch watch it with him, will you? That's a good plan. Yeah, I'll kick him out. Um, But one one of the Brighton fans turned to me halfway through the games. He went, do you know what? You're going to turn around any minute and say we should be beating teams like Brighton. And I don't think that we have a a God-given right to beat teams like Brighton. I do, however, think that we should be competing against teams like Brighton. And we didn't compete Mm. in that game. And if we don't compete in this game, we'll get the same result. Well, Emma, um, Lo Celso played today. I think it was one of his first games back from, from injury, uh, but was hauled off at half-time. Do you see Lo Celso featuring against Brighton? Or do you think that you stick with the, the two that you mentioned, with, with Sissoko and Hoybier and, and Undombele in front of them? Oh, that's a tough one. I think, yeah, I think Gio will be on the bench mm. just because it, it wasn't the best game for him yeah. tonight. I think he's going to want to go with a formula that works mm. with Sissoko and Hobier and that and Ndombele. Um, but I don't know if Ndombele's got a knock. I've, I've heard a rumour he, he picked up a mm. knock, so that's why he wasn't on, on tonight. But yeah, I, I, I don't think it was one of Gio's best games. I think maybe it's because he's been injured quite a lot. He's still sort of getting into the rhythm and he's not starting as much now because Ndombele's become sort of another god yeah. in the centre. Um, so, yeah, I just don't think... I think he'll be on the bench and brought on if needed. Mm. Paul, one thing that we haven't actually spoken about yet from the game today was that Bale actually started a game. What did you make of his performance? And he was brought off for Kane midway through the second half, or quite early in the second half. Did you see any glimpses of the old Bale, or do you think there's still a long way to go for him to get there? Uh, well, he had one terrible shot from outside the box, which, um, you know, you kind of hoped might go on target, but uh, no. Um, I, I think that... That what I did see, and I mentioned it earlier, was there was a some little flicks. He he was coming inside and looking to make little flicks um, onto Vinicius, um, and that sort of thing I think is is where you're going to see him develop. I still mm. think he's not sharp. I still think that he's got a fair way to go to to be, you know, match fit. Um, but you know, I do think that there's still there's still a hell of a player yeah. there, um, and we just need to to find. You know, find the way of getting the best out of him, and you know, maybe sort of two, three games under his belt that uh, he's going to start getting that match fitness, and we're going to start seeing the old yeah. Gareth Bale again. Well, call it Jose left Tongi and Dyer at home, and assuming Tongi is fit, uh, that would assume that that they're going to start against Brighton, right? Hundred percent. It's um, he's his main man at centre back and his main man in midfield. Um, hundred percent. They'll both um, they'll both play as long as they are fit. So Emma, you you founded Northwest Spurs with your with your hubby, right? We did, yes. It was a drunken moment six years ago in my front room. Wow. He decided. <laughs> yeah. We'd watched the match, right? And he was on one of his usual rants about whatever he was ranting about. And he said, oh, it's not fair. There's no supporters clubs up here. And he, he'd gone on the website and he, he got the ump about it because there was nothing up here. Because to me and him, we were the only two Spurs fans up there. We never saw another Spurs fan anywhere. So he got in touch with Spurs and we took it from there and... Yeah, six years strong wow. now. Um, it's It started off part-time. I'd do a couple of hours each week, you know, sorting tickets out. It's now a full-time blown effort just to get things organised. I spend 90% of my day doing supporters club stuff. How many members do you have now? Uh, 718 in the Facebook group. And I've just had to set up 
a WhatsApp group for people that don't do social media, but they'll do WhatsApp. So I've got about 20 in there, I think. So it's, yeah. Brilliant. It's where, where do you, when when you could meet up to watch the games, what was your, the, the, the Spurs pub that you'd go and watch the games at? Um, it's called the Seven Oaks in Chinatown in Manchester. And the landlord is a year. So, which is a bonus. So, I mean, we can still go, but you've got to buy food. So, or he can't serve us any alcohol. <laughs> well, brilliant. And um, so what sort of events do you have? Yeah, well, last season, I think it was last season, I did three in six months. It wasn't supposed to happen like that. Um, we did Keith Birkenshaw, Graham Roberts and Paul Stewart. And off the back of that one, I got a phone call off Steve Perryman telling me that he was up with his team and could I organise an event in 11 weeks? So I managed to do that one. And I said to everybody, right, that's it. After Steve Perryman, I'm not doing no more. And then bloody Ledley King gets in touch with oh. me, doesn't he? And he's like, I'd like to do a night with you guys. I was like, oh, my God. So I literally did three events in six months. I was knackered. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Because it's not just a case of booking them. That's it. On the night that we sort of have the event, I'm up at five o'clock in the morning getting everything prepared for the evening to make sure I've got everything organised so that pe- when people come in, I've got stuff to give them. And it's just crazy. And then I literally sit down about five minutes before they're about to start talking about their life as a Spurs player and stuff like that. Then I have to do all the cleaning up afterwards. So it's, yeah, it's it's a lot of hard work. But just seeing everybody's faces and making dreams come true. Because before we came along as a supporters club, there was nothing like this. There was no mm. events or anything for us. It was just... If you wanted to go to a legend night, you had to go down south. Whereas now they're coming up here as well, so it's really oh, good. Fantastic, brilliant. Well, we're going to be big supporters of Northwest Spurs here at the Cheese Room. Oh, thank, thank you. So let's get your predictions then, Emma. Let's get you first. What do you think the score will be against Brighton? I think we're going to nick it one nil. Yeah, and who's getting the goal? Son with an assist to Kane. Just for a change. Caller, how about you? What do you, what do you think the score will be? Uh, a good three nil. No, let's go three one. We always let a goal in. Uh, victory, yeah, three one victory. Paul, what's your what's your prediction? Oh, I, I hate this because I want to agree with the caller and I don't want to do that. It makes me feel dirty. Um, but I do agree that like uh, like when I spent Lana's party, there will be no clean sheets. <laughs> so um, I think we'll probably be. I'm going to go four one. I'm going to yeah. Let's go four one. Yeah. Let's be exciting. Yeah, they conceded four against Everton, so yeah, let's be exciting. Four one. I'll, I'll I'll go with that. Four one. Four one. Caller, you have something to mention about one of our partners. I do indeed. Um, For those of you who don't know, we've joined forces with a fantastic website. Uh, It's footballprizes.co.uk. The website has tons of amazing football memorabilia, and this week they're offering a a great Tottenham-themed prize. I'm sure plenty of our listeners and followers remember one of the greatest ever glory, glory nights at Wild Lane, and football prizes are raffling a 1984 UEFA Cup shirt. Um, Paul, you were probably you probably quite young back then. Um, and to get the, it's signed by twelve Tottenham legends, which is which is pretty impressive. Uh, amazing piece framed um, with details of the two leg penalty shootout against Anderlecht, and is signed by Keith Birkenshaw, Peter Shreves, and players including our dealers Mabbert, Roberts, Falco, Archie Bold, and Ray Clements. Um, 
and of course Mickey Hazard and wonderful Gareth Stevens who have been on the pod. Um, due to our affiliation with Football Prizes, we're able to offer all Cheeseheads a 10% discount. There are 99 tickets available for, for this prize at 4 95 each. But as a Cheesehead, you can use the code 10 Cheese. That's 10 as in 10 Cheese to get a discount on all your tickets. Um, fantastic opportunity to own a great piece of Tottenham memorabilia. Uh, and there's not that many tickets left because I've bought loads of them already. Um, so head over to foot, footballprizes.co.uk and grab a ticket or two while you can. I think Gary Stevens has bought all the other tickets as well, mate, because uh, I think he's keen to get his hands on that. Um, I do remember it well. I was um, I was young, but I remember it very well. And if uh, if anyone's new to the pod, we, we had Gary and um, Mickey Hazard on uh, not too long ago talking mm. about the 84 Cup final. It was a it was a great pod. Really enjoyed that one. So go back, listen to some of the the previous stuff. Emma, thanks so much for joining. Will you, will you come back and join us again? Of course, I will. Anytime you like. Fantastic. Love it. Great to have some northern presence here. Call up. Thanks for joining, mate. Uh, always a pleasure. Never a chore. Okay. More and northern Paul. presence. <laughs> and Paul, thanks for waking up early for us, mate. It's always a pleasure, Brendan. Even though it was a horrible day. Yeah, it wasn't great. Cheeseheads, do listen out for Franco and the UK crew, uh, or the European crew, I should say, uh, with the review of what we hope will be an emphatic win over Brighton. That'll be out Sunday night, Monday morning. Do remember to like, subscribe, comment. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter. Do subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already. Call us producing some amazing videos on there. So get involved. And as ever... Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs> Come on, you Spurs. <laughs> Come on, you Spurs. Come on, t- Spurs. Give Up the Spurs. Up Spurs. Up Spurs. I don't sound that, that northern. Everybody says... Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.